you're never going to run out of questions about dealing with anger. So while today's podcast is on anger, it's not a summary or even an overview of dealing with anger. It's just a brief conversation between three friends about three important questions about anger. So feel free to pull up a chair and join us. I'm sure it won't be the last time you or we need to stop and talk about anger. You're listening to CCEF On The Go, a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Here at CCEF, we are committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Hi, welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, a faculty member here at CCEF. And today I'm joined by Ed Welch, my colleague and faculty member at CCEF, and as well by Miriam Herzog, who has a long title that I couldn't quite remember, but it's really important because it has to do with development and working with our supporting churches. Miriam, will you say your actual title for us? <laughs> okay. It's Development Coordinator and Supporting Church Liaison. That sounds like an awesome job. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Hey, I really like it. So. <laughs> Uh, the titles here get long sometimes, but uh, you know, today what we're going to do is uh, talk just a little bit about um, about anger, and, and in particular, we're going to be responding to some questions that that we've received. And this is a good point for me to remind you that if and as you have questions or or comments or suggestions for us on this podcast, uh, please don't hesitate to email us. Uh, you can email us always at uh, podcast at ccef dot org. But uh, but we got some questions about anger. And I wanted to uh, to just look at a, a couple different and sort of move through some different things we received. Um, and I want to start with this question. Um, in the midst of anger, people can seem incredibly difficult to reach. They are in the zone, they're on a roll, they're, they're in a rage. And uh, one of the questions we received was simply, how do you help someone? How do you respond? What do you do when someone is in the midst of of a rage. And so, Ed, I wonder if you would just, just kick us off with, with, that, with that question. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Which, whatever questions you ask about specifics of anger, that's, that's the way I'll start. Because this is, this is just a very, very challenging thing to begin to imagine what, what, what you know, the, the, the kind of question you're speaking of. Uh, then with that said, one of the things I so appreciate about the question is they're asking the question, which means that they want to do something. They don't know what to do, but they want to do something. And to me, that's, that is, that's probably the most important thing that we, that we would bring to really any question about anger. Anger is, is lethal to the, person's, the, the angry person's soul, and, and it's deadly to the people around the angry person. It is a high-profile matter in Scripture. So we're thinking, we got to do something. <laughs> that doesn't mean we have to do it right away, but, but we want to do something. Well, I'll, I can say more, but, but I, I love the question because the person is saying, I want to do something. Well, I'll, I'll say more. I'll, I'll just say one other thing. I can remember early on when, when our kids were having temper tantrums, one of, the, uh, one, of the, one of the good pieces of advice was, Get down where they are and speak really softly to them. <laughs> and I would do that and probably work one out of every 10 times, but I still think it's good advice. So at least we're thinking, do something. It might be later, and 
slow down, slow down, have all your wits about you, and, and, and don't mimic the, the, the strategy of the other person. You're going to go, most likely, you're going to go softer. Hmm. I appreciate those thoughts. Um, Miriam, I know you've thought some about this as well. Um, I know some of this has also been in the context of parenting. Will you say a little bit about your reaction? Yeah, sure. I mean, what Ed is saying is exactly right on because we have a middle son who uh, struggles with rages and has for many years now. So uh, it's been something that's been very much on my heart as to how to be actually very helpful to him. And I can give you kind of two quick stories. Uh, one was uh, he had we had guests over that night and he had decided that he wanted to sit in a particular chair and our friend had already put her coat on the chair. So when he came in the room and he saw that she, that he basically wasn't being allowed to sit in the chair, I told him, you can sit at any other chair at this table, but you can't sit at this chair. And he flew into an absolute rage. And I asked him- Well, he was right in that case. I mean, I can't believe he would do that (laughs) as a parent. I I mean, (laughs) so I think it was doubly challenging in the sense that I was hurting for him, watching him raging. I sent him into the other room, but then I was also supposed to continue with this you know, with the guests. And so, um, I, the spirit gave me just peace and wisdom and I just decided to soldier on and let him vent his rage in the other room and thrash and kick. And he kind of destroyed the room. And, um, it was interesting because it was very embarrassing and I felt very ashamed for the, for the guests and what they had to go through. But I thought about how redemptive it was because it actually gave the opportunity for those two women to talk about siblings that they had who had challenges and, what was beautiful was the day after was because my son is a believer and he loves the Lord. So that's, that's great. He wrote apology notes to each of the couples Mm -hmm. and asked them to forgive him. And he said, I hope you never have to go through this again and drew Mm -hmm. a stick figure of himself, you know, raging. And so it's really interesting how through sin and suffering, you see God redeeming the situation. So that was one thing that, you know, you don't know when it's going to happen. So it's hard. It's scary. It's difficult. What do you do? And then my resolution as a parent has become to to pray uh, far more than I speak. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have to re- remove myself from the situation. And I have to just beg the Lord for the fruits of the Spirit in large, large measure. Because it's so upsetting to you as a parent to see the rage is happening and you don't know the duration. And maybe you have things you have to get to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe you have to get them out the door to the bus or to school. or And so it's... it's it, I agree with what Ed said, you know, you slow it way down and you're very deliberate about your actions because the worst thing is getting into that cycle. They're raging and you're yelling and, you know, by the time you're trying to work it out, you feel like you're a complete fraud to the Christian life, you know, because you have lost it so badly that you can't really, you feel that you're not adequate to parent them at all, you know, so trying to maintain self-control yourself and to continue to walk in and say, I'm, I'm here for you, I love you, I'm praying for you, and you have a choice in this matter too. You, you can decide to, to submit yourself to the Lord or to continue to rage. So that's kind of some of my insights as a parent, which have been hard-learned, and mm. um, he recognizes his rages, and he asks for prayer about them, which is, which is wonderful. Really yeah, that's, He's eight. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great, great place to be, uh, taking... Taking your sin when you're eight—that is—that is lovely. I—I um, I was thinking it's interesting. You guys 
but my mind often... Uh, By the way, Aster, when I was talking about temper tantrums, I was actually thinking about adults. <laughs> that the, 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 it, it was, I was thinking about it as a metaphor, where I, I want to go slower and quieter. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's useful for children, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of adults as well. Yeah. Well, and that's sort of where I was going. As I was saying, you know, it's, it's interesting how, how easy it is to kind of draw those lines between adult and children, especially where anger is concerned. And, and when you see an adult in the full grip of, of anger, it, there's something uh, really embarrassingly childlike a, mm. about it, uh, often, I find. And I was thinking, um, I was trying to think of myself, what have I seen myself do in, in, in counseling? And I was thinking about two particular situations um, and just how different the two were. And it was, for me, it kind of, it drove me back to the, to the idea of being not so much there's a formula, there's a right thing to do when someone's in a rage, kind of going back to where you started out of, I don't know what to do. But, um, but just thinking, at the end of the day, I'd, I'd say the first and most important thing is simply to know who the other person is. There, there's going to be a, a response that's right for one person that's terrible for another. And, and so it's not, it's not as if there's this uh, you know, secret technique out there for calming rages that if you just knew it, you'd be the, the anger whisperer. Uh, I think of one particular woman who who gets very, very uh, worked up, uh, and, and her husband tends to be the one with whom that comes out the most often. And, uh, and what they have learned is that what is most helpful is for him to actually reach out and put his hand on her leg mm-hmm. and say to her, hey, I'm for you and I can see that you're really upset. And for her, most of the rage tends to come from, I feel abandoned, I feel like you don't care, I feel alone and isolated. Whereas I think of a, an angry husband I know who, whose anger can, can be tantrumous, but it tends to be more sort of these cutting sharp words and huffing and puffing and silent treatment. And, mm-hmm. and for him, uh, if his wife were to try to reach out and, and touch him, he would rebuff her. He would, he would love nothing better than for her to try to comfort him and then have the chance to, uh, to push her away further and, and shame her in that um, and, and pout and play the victim. And, and so I just I, I think about how, how important it is to recognize who is this person and, and to begin to ask questions like, you know, where is this coming from? So let me uh, let me take this to a second step um and and miriam it seems like you've got the can magic I, can i say what you mind if i jump in real uh, yeah quick? fire away it, it's I'm, I'm, i'll respond personally because both of you are responding personally to this and thinking of specific situations and when, when i started off say i don't know the way i deal with angry people at the moment the vast majority of the times I don't do anything because I don't know what to say. Uh, and I'm thinking about angry adults, uh, not so much my, my, my spouse, but angry men that I encounter. I really don't know what to say. So I want to do something, but we don't have to do it at that moment. We can come back an hour later. We can come back a day later, but we want to do something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that... Um that do something and it doesn't have to be in the moment. You're, the problem of rage is not solved in the moment of the rage. The problem of rage is solved over time through the work of the Lord and loving people who care enough to move toward you and not just run away, which is the angry people end up isolated because nobody wants to be within a 10-mile radius. But, Thanks. Sorry to interrupt. but uh, No, no. That's, <laughs> that's I'm not angry. Don't worry, Ed. <clears throat> um, no, I was just going to say, how do, you, how do you help people see that they are angry? And I, I almost don't even want to ask Miriam because she obviously has, has this magic touch and she's got an 8-year-old who's already spiritually more mature than, than most of us. But... Well, that's the Holy Spirit, Alistair. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts? How do we help angry people see, see that they are angry? You got to do something. You got to do something. 
because the nature of anger is, for the, the vast majority of time, unless you're a really wise eight-year-old, you don't see your anger. You see your rightness, you don't see your anger. So we can't assume that somehow the, the, the anger was so, so blatant and destructive that everybody saw it, and of course the angry person saw it, and he's gonna, he or she is gonna deal with it. We cannot assume that. So, so we gotta do something. How do you help the person see that they're angry. They're not going to see it themselves. So that's one thing. Second thing would be, and it, these are just sort of getting this ready. The second thing is, is if you have seen angry, anger in another person, it, the, the iceberg metaphor is relevant, where what you have seen is, is really just, just one small piece of something that is reckless and, 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 and much more frequent than you think. So assume, multiply it by a factor of 10 or 20 or 50, both, both the frequency of it and the intensity of it, and you're probably gonna get some sense of, of what's happening at home. Mm. Hey, Mirami, anything, anything you wanna add? Okay, let, let, me, um, let me add just, just one further thought of my own then. It, it strikes me that, um, and I like the way you put it. People, they see their rightness, not their anger. Uh, another way to say it, it is for for an angry person often to be told that they are angry sounds like a bad thing. And so they'll tend to respond with, well, I'm right. So, so maybe maybe I didn't communicate it the way I should. Or you know what? I, I could have put it more nicely. Or yeah, okay, I probably shouldn't have used those words or that tone of voice or whatever. You know, but 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 they feel like you're you're belittling them and, and you're bringing up the minor little point that should be buried on page B17 when the headline is the other person was wrong. And so the more, um, the more gently, quietly, softly you can say um, the, the impact of what you did as I witnessed it was really distressing. Mm-hmm. That, that would be the place I would start. That might have zero cash value with that person, but I, I would tend to start um, actually not by arguing right and wrong, but by, but by trying to give a sense of distressing impact of what you saw them do, because that, that begins to force the question of, am I actually accomplishing uh, a good and worthy goal here? Uh, it, has the, it has the opportunity to do that. It makes me think of, of James 1. You know, it's, um, we, we want to be those who, who recognize that the anger of man does not lead to the righteousness of God. And, and the angry person feels like my anger is going to lead to a right outcome. That's why I, my anger is driving towards what I want, which is this change in you because you are the problem. And, and beginning to make that disconnect between my anger and this good goal that I want. Uh, I'd start with impact. I'll, 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 I'll push that just a little bit further. Uh, something like Again, it all depends. There are all, all, so many variations on the theme, how we could encounter this. But to be even a little bit more personal, uh, brother, this is, this is really hard for me to talk about. Um, I, I felt like I was in a war yesterday when I was with you. And, and, and I was scared. I, I, I was scared to say anything. It, 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 it's, it seemed that, your words seemed that violent. You know, what am I saying? I'm saying, this has, this has affected me. I can remember saying that, something like that to a person. He just laughed. Come on, I'm smaller than you, you're bigger than me. And, 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 and to come back and say, brother, do you hear what I'm saying? This is hard, this is hard to talk about. I'm saying 
this is what it was like for me to be with you. And I am guessing that a hundred other people could say the same thing, but they're not. So it's just taking what you're saying, Alistair, and, 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 and pushing it to, this is, this is how it affected me. Now, you can't do that in all situations, but with, with, with friends, it's a little bit easier to do that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one, one last question then on this. About how, do we, um, how do we help or, or how do we encourage others or how can the church help the families of, of angry people? How do we move toward those who are, who are living with uh, the angry person? Any thoughts? No, no, no I'll, I'll jump in. The first thing I think is anger has to be in play. One of the things that I, I so appreciate about, about the culture of the church right now, there are certain kinds of sexual sins in pornography that is, that is spoken about more openly than it ever has before. It's, that, 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 it, that is such an important movement. Anger is not in play in the same way. And, 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 and if you go through scripture, you look at the, Paul's sin lists in scripture, when he, you know, he does it in Romans, he does it in Colossians, he does it a few other places. They are sexual sins. Ultimately, if you break them down, they're reckless sins. Sexual sins and in anger, divisive sins. So, so, so anger should be getting at least as much airplay. So I guess the question is, how can it be part of our public discussions? How can there be a text that we encounter every year? This is... This is what scripture says about the tongue, and this is what the tongue does. It kills people. And to have those kinds of illustrations in, in, in the context of the church, uh, these are things, brothers and sisters, we need to talk about together uh, and help each other in them. These are universal human problems. So, so that would be one. For, for, for the leaders of the church, for those who are doing public ministry, to to keep those kinds of texts in play and, and, and stories that, that we know are going on in the church. They're, they're families that are being ripped apart by anger. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. Um, my, own, my own thinking was even just uh, on a more familial level rather than thinking about the sort of structural level that you're talking about, which really engages so many of the issues. That doesn't just help the family, that helps the person. It, it allows it to be something that could be confessed. It identifies it as a category of something we should even be looking for in ourselves, which can help people identify that they are angry. So I, I really like that idea of just, just putting it in play. Um, a, a couple other ideas that were on my mind were, um, first off, just uh, recognizing that everyone's instinct is going to be to pull back from the angry person. And uh, the family is the least able to do that. And if everyone else pulls back, the family then weathers the brunt of it in a way that is extremely grievous and feels abandoned because everyone else is pulling back to, understandably, protect their own, their own skin. And so there's something about the, the angry person you know, even if you can't see it in their family, even if the family seems fine, if you, if you see an angry person, you know something about their family life, which is that it's, that it's unpleasant for that same multiply by 10 uh, principle you were talking about earlier. And, and so therefore, I, I'd say... Um, Number one, you want to move toward the family, uh, just assuming, expecting you will find hurt, fright, uh, confusion, uh, walking on eggshells going on. Um, but, but secondly, um, I, I think I, I often hear families uh, feeling concerned that they won't be believed. 
um, or feeling concerned that no one will take them seriously or, or do anything about it. And and so I, th- I think there's this delicate balance where you don't want to just, it's not like every time anyone says, oh, you know, so-and-so is angry or they're hard to live with at home. You don't want to just assume that that's the only part of the story, right? Everyone's believed until you hear the other side of the story. But, but I guess I'd prefer that in general we, we'd be people who move toward rather than withdraw when we hear a story of, oh, you know, so-and-so is angry at home. Really? That person? John? How could he? No, he would never do that. Um, when that's your instinct, uh, shut that instinct down. Let your instinct say, okay, I'm going to move toward. I'm going to learn more rather than assuming I already know. Uh, and I'm going to take this seriously rather than dismissing it because this person couldn't possibly have, have such a thing going mm-hmm. on in their life. Great. Let me, let me give a variation in that particular theme. One of the ways that that a problem like this can emerge is a woman speaks with another woman. Uh, and, and then what do you do? Are, are there two women going to go and speak to the, the offending spouse together? Most likely not. But, but for, for the two women to, you know, to have a conversation like this, uh, to, to get prepared to speak in love for the good of the relationship and for the good of the other person, uh, honey, this is what's been going on in our relationship, and and it's, it's it's been happening over and over again, and this is this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk to this person in our church. I'm going to talk to this small group leader. I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to this pastor. I'd really love you to go with me, but it's 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 been destructive, and and so far we haven't been able to break through it together. So to you, you see, I'm just trying to find some way. To, to help the, the, the frightened family or a frightened spouse to open the door to one other person. Uh, and and uh, the, the angle, in a sense, is this is for the best interest of the angry person. It's for the best interest. It, it's, it's, for, it's for God's glory in the marriage. And if there are children, here's what we know with children. The children will become mimickers of the They're going to get destroyed by the anger, and they're going to be, be mimickers of it and begin disrespecting the person who is the recipient of the anger. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be destructive for the children. For these reasons, we're going to take the hard course, and we're going to, we're going to actually invite another person in. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, great note to close on. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for these thoughts. We could do 10 more podcasts and not even scratch the surface of a, of a topic like anger. And maybe we will in, in coming months and years. But um, if, uh, if you're listening and thinking, oh, man, I'd, I would like more information. I, w- I want to think more about anger and how to help angry people. Uh, Ed has just written a book uh, on anger, sort of a series of short devotionals for for angry people, which on some level, of course, is is all of us. It's called, um, Ed, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called A Little Book About a Big Problem. Is that right? I always forget whether it's a little book or a small book, but a little book sounds good. A little book about a big problem sounds good. Not a big book, uh, but indeed a big problem. Something like that. And uh, we'll post a, a link to that next to uh, the download for this podcast. Uh, we can't make that book free. What we can make free is uh, Ed's article from the Journal of Biblical Counseling called The Madness of Anger. Uh, That'll be free, uh, also linked on our website next to the podcast download until the next podcast goes up. Just make sure you use the discount code podcast at checkout. Uh, And as I said earlier, if you've got questions or comments or suggestions for us, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at ccef.org. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, blessings. Blessings.